I invite you to turn your Bibles to James chapter 1 this morning. James chapter 1. James 1. This morning we're going to continue uh, our two-part series uh, on the text of Scripture, on the Word of God. I've designed this to prepare us for our conference uh, that we're coming uh, up on next weekend. Next weekend, Sunday morning, uh, we'll have a combined adult Bible study. And we will also have a morning service where we have two guest speakers, two tremendous preachers and teachers of Scripture will be with us next week. Uh, to open up the Word and show us how to be better students of it. But in order to prepare our hearts for this, I wanted to engage in this two-part series. So last week, we considered the ability of God's Word. And I went to the text in my mind, although there's a few I could go to, the text in my mind that just lays that out clearly. Hebrews 4, verse 12. And we considered again, afresh and anew, that the Word of God is quick, living, and powerful, and that it cuts down into our heart and exposes us and our sin. And and we learned that it is so effective. One of the reasons it's so effective is because God's eyes see everything. The surveillance of God is completely comprehensive. This week, I want to go to James 1, and uh, we're going to look at verses 19 through 27, and uh, we're going to look about our need to obey the word that we come to understand. Uh, And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to read the paragraph uh, from verses 19 through 27 for you to begin, and then we're going to take the middle section, and that's what we're going to focus on. But look at James 1, verse 19. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person... Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows and their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, as we come to this portion of Scripture and we consider the Word of God and our need to obey it, I pray that you would uh, 
take our meditations this morning. We come to you this morning as weak listeners. Uh, Lord, what a Sunday to speak on a text about the way we hear and do the word. So, Lord, we would pray that through the Spirit you would give us strength to focus, energy to listen, and then to apply. And uh, we thank you for what you will do in Jesus' name. Amen. I read through verses 19 through 27, and uh, as we read through that, I don't don't know what you thought of that paragraph. Um, You come to texts like this one, uh, and sometimes really the book of James is kind of known for this. It seems like uh, it's, I've heard it called the Proverbs of the New Testament, where uh, he will have one focus, and then the next verse he changes it, then the next, you know, maybe two verses on a theme, then he changes it again, and keeps going back and forth, or going uh, to and from uh, different emphases. As I read these verses, I, I love verses 19 through 27. I love James 1. I mean, I, as a small child, I memorized this. My mother had me memorize this scripture, this chapter, and I just love this text. But when we look at it, I think uh, you might be responded if I ask you, what do you think of this paragraph? You might say, well, that's a, that's a good paragraph. Man, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Like that part about being quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. I mean, that's like really good and edifying. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. That's, that's great. I love the way it ends. Pure religion. Undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit fatherless and orphan, or orphans and widows in their affliction. And to keep yourself unspotted from the world. I think we, we love this chapter. We love these verses. But uh, we often see them as a bunch of disconnected pieces. Okay, we can value the pieces. But I think there is a connection here. Instead, there's a good way to look at this paragraph. And James structures it clearly if you have eyes to see. Okay? And so I think the way this is laid out is is twofold. It starts in verse 19. Verse 19 is a header that tells you what the rest of the paragraph is going to be about. And verse 19, there you've got this threefold admonition, you know, where James addresses his readers. They're believers in Jesus Christ who are spread all throughout Israel, perhaps and beyond. But he challenges them to do three things. You need to know this. You need to know these three things. First, you must be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You see that in verse 19? Now, Unfortunately, I think many of us in our world today as believers, we get this like completely wrong, right? So we are slow to hear, quick to speak, and quick to wrath or anger. Um, Those are our values in our culture. I mean, when we talk about someone being quick to do something, you need to be quick to say something. Even uh, as you just consider that, that first one, quick to here? It's like it should like strike us. It's like odd. Quick, be, be quick to do what? To do something kind of passive here. Okay. Now, having said that, I think what happens in this text in verses 20 through 27, and where I want to get our focus this morning, is that the rest of this paragraph is an elaboration on that threefold admonition. Okay. And I just want to show you this in your Bible. I would love for this to be kind of permanently ingrained into your conscience. If not, write it in your Bible. Okay, that's what I do to remind myself certain things. So the first, uh, you see the admonition. Quick to hear, 
slow to speak, slow to anger. Let's look at the last one for a second, slow to anger. Now, look at verse 20. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And then it continues on in verse 21. So you've got anger, verse 19, and then he's going to talk about why anger is a problem. Verses 20 and 21. Okay. Then look at the, the one, the first one. Verse 19, be quick to hear. My Bible has circled the word hear. Okay. And then I want you to go down in your Bible to verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. But it doesn't stop there. Look at verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and then go to verse 25, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets. And so verses 22 through 25 are about being quick to hear. Why that's important and what it should look like. Okay, and that leaves us with the one in the middle, verse 19. There's these three admonitions, one in the middle. Ready? Be slow to speak. Now look at verse 26. If anyone thinks that he is religious and does not bridle his what? Tongue. You still awake this morning? <laughs> Tongue. So verses 26 and 27 then are bound together and I think are about being slow to speak and the opposite of being slow to speak. So you got that three-point outline? Okay, now this morning what I want to do is I want to look at only the center one about being quick to hear. And so that means we're going to be going down in our Bibles to verses 22 through 25, right at the center of this. Because my, my goal, again, I'm preparing us for a conference on the text of Scripture. So I want to talk about verses 22 through 25. So look again at verse uh, 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes his way and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Okay, so these verses, in my opinion, show us what James thinks about being quick to hear. Now, when we hear those admonitions at the beginning, verse 19, and we hear, we hear the, the phrase quick to to hear, I think normally we think of it in, in a way that is not necessarily James' main point. And the reason is we hear uh, slow to speak and quick to hear. And I think we believe, or if you're like me, we think of like normal conversations. You know, so this is like guiding principles for me with my neighbor who's complaining. I, I shouldn't just like jump in, shoot my mouth off. And just start talking, but I should listen. And listen, and listen, and listen, okay? And there are proverbs in the Old Testament that I think really make that point clear. So I think that's a biblical concept. I'm not saying it isn't. But in this text, I think James has something a little bit more specific 
in mind. This is not about firing off our mouth or going on and on without listening to people or exploding in anger and shooting our mouth off instead of hearing what someone has to say. The thing that James wants us to listen to in this text is not our neighbor's words or our co-worker's complaints or a parent's instruction. Instead, the thing that he wants us to listen to is the word of God. The word of God. The hearing that James is encouraging us is to do well is hearing the word. I think the point of the verses have to do with that. And so, um, for sake of time today, what I would like to do is I'd just like to ask three questions about verses 22 through 25. Just kind of, I think if we answer these three questions, we will walk away from these verses understanding it a bit more. So the first question I ask is, what is the word mentioned in verse 22? It says, but be doers of the word. So the question is, what is the word? And we might think that this uh, question is easy, right? Well, the word is God's word. But as we look to the context, I think we can become, uh, it, it, it is more specific than that. It is revelation that comes down from God, but it's more specific. And so uh, we just look above this, first of all. Look at verse 21. So we're, we're answering, what is the word? I think it's the same word described in verse 21. It says, therefore put away all filthiness, and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Okay, so what word must we hear and do? It's the implanted word, but that's strange language too, right? Implanted? Strange adjective to put on here. The planted word. Well, what else can we learn from context? Well, it seems to me that the implanting of this word takes place a few verses before that. So you got to go up to verse 18. So look at James 1.18 in your Bible. Of his own will, he, God, brought us forth by the word. The word of truth, or the word that is truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature. Here the implanting, I think, that James is mentioning in verse 21 takes place here in verse 18. At one time, we did not have any desire for the word of God. We did not want anything to do with him. We didn't have ears even to hear it. But then God acted through his own will, verse 18 says. Through his own will. He brought us forth. He gave birth to us through the word that is truth. In other words, to take some of Paul's language, at one point we were dead in trespasses and sins, and he made us alive through the word that is truth. Now look again at verse, the end of verse 21. What is this word, this implanted word that God used to make us a kind of first fruits of his creatures? What is this word able to do for us? See the end of that verse? Which is able to save your souls. And I ask you, what word from God is able to save our souls? 
word of Jesus. I say the word that we're talking about here, in my opinion, is the gospel of Jesus Christ that he used to, he, at conversion, he planted within our souls. And as James 1 says, and so as believers, as followers of Christ, as we receive it, as we take it in, he's going to tell us what receiving the gospel looks like later in the text. It means not only hearing the word of the gospel, but doing it, living lives in conformity to it. As we take it in, receive it, and we do it, it will save our souls. Okay, so what is the word? I think it's God's word here specifically refers to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the first question. What is the word? Second question, what must we do with it? So we go back to verses 22 through 25. What must we do with this word? And James' answer here is that we must be good hearers of it. And then he explains that good hearing of the word of the gospel means doing, doing it, living in conformity to it. For some reason, as I go through this verse, I always think of like parents talking to their children. Remember when you're a child and your parents talk to you and they're telling you, your dad's telling you what you need to do and then he asks you a question, do you hear me? Right, that always had a way of kind of pulling you back right into the thing. Yeah, okay, you hear me. And parents are looking not just for, like, you got it, that you can repeat it, but they want to know, did you really get it? And that will be obvious by whether you obey, right? Right? Get that, kids? No, just kidding. Uh, be obvious by how we apply it to our lives. That's good hearing. Good hearing is doing or obeying. And then he gives us a picture of what this will be like. He says, we must not be like a man or a woman who looks in a mirror and sees himself clearly or herself clearly, but then does nothing about what they see in the mirror. We must not hear the words that come from God without considering how it will change us. And so, as we answer this question, what must we do with the word? It's very clear in the text. We must hear the words of the gospel and then we must do them. We must live our lives in conformity to it. As I consider making a few applications here for our own lives, our own church, I just one application I give you is you need to come back tonight because uh, we've got uh, one of our pastoral assistants, Ben Armstrong, who's going to be going through the final part of this passage, verses 21, 26 and 27. And he's going to be talking about ways that we must be doing the word together in that text. Things like what James says, pure religion, visiting fatherless and widows in their affliction. That's what living the gospel looks like, living it out. Keeping yourself unspotted, unstained from the world. That's what it looks like. I think it looks like the verses just before this too, verses 19 and 20. Actually, verses 20 and 21, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You say, well, okay, so I'm, I'm supposed to be hearing the word of the gospel and doing it. What does that look like? That means you're not going around angry. But instead, as verse 21 says, instead of anger, you in humility, meekness, receive the implanted word of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what it looks like. And so it's one of the applications I have for us is 
we must live our lives in conformity in those ways. But second, I think we should also consider his words that come to us through preaching and teaching of the scriptures as well. So men and women, we must not only be text people, but we must be text doers. That would be a great description. Wouldn't it be great if someone came into our assembly and said, man, that church is awesome. Those people just go around doing the word, obeying the word, living their lives in conformity. And so if you come to Colonial Baptist Church, we will explore God's word one text after another. Okay, so it's like, this is just the way you set up. Text, next week, text, text, text. It's like boom, 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 boom. I think it'd be a good practice for you to consider each week then, what does God want me to do with this text? How should it change me? the end, we must ask, what does God want me to do with this passage in my life? Imagine standing before God one day when he asked you, what did you do with my word? And you said, man, I, I applied myself to I loved Bible studies. And I loved the preaching. I went to Colonial and I took notes every week. Wrote it down, saved them. You know, like, who does that, right? <laughs> Save notes. I was jotting notes in my Bible. I love Bible study, but then God asks you, but what did you do with it? How did you live it? In our seminary, Virginia Beach Theological Seminary, there are two options with classes I hear. You can either take a class for credit or you can audit it. You ever heard of auditing a class before? Okay, it's actually a pretty good deal. You get all of the content, I think it's cheaper, and you get all of the content, all of the discussion, the Bible study, you get to interact with the professor, you get to hear his profound wisdom on the text, but you do none of the work, right? This is the way I'm going to take classes if I take any more in the rest of my life. I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for audit, please. No reading. No papers, nothing. Just all the good stuff. At Colonial Baptist Church, we are not interested in believers who are signing up for an audit. Why do you go there? Well, they just, they love the text, man, the preaching, the teaching, or whatever. It's just, they're just right through it, verse by verse. We don't want auditors. Not only hear the text, but by God's grace, do it. Do the work. In a few months, we're going to be talking about a strategic plan, five-year strategic plan to our assembly. And I think some of you will probably hear it and you think, oh, man, this all sounds good. But then you're going to realize a little bit into it, man, that's going to take work. Work. We need to be text doers, not just text people, not just people who like Bible studies but people who take the study and do it, okay? And so as we look at this, that's the second, what must we do with this word, the gospel that God implanted? We must work it, work it out, what Paul read this morning. And then third and last question I wanna ask this morning is why? Why must we obey it? 
And I'm um, sticking to my text, looking at verses 22 through 25. Uh, if I were in verse 21, I would say, because it's this word which is able to save your soul. All believers, genuine believers in Jesus Christ will work out their salvation with fear and trembling. They will produce fruits of righteousness. And there, I don't think there is any such person who claims salvation but has no fruit. No fruit. It will save your souls. But sticking to our text, verses 22 through 25, go to the very end of verse 25. So why should we obey it? Look at verse 25. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer forgets, but a doer who acts, here's why. He will be blessed in his doing. The text here says that the one who perseveres in obedience to the perfect, or I, I think of this as the mature law, this is not just like Old Testament Torah or law, but the law that's come to its eschatological end in Jesus. The, the, the mature law. It's the one who perseveres in obedience to ma- the mature law. And then he helps us understand a little bit more what this law is. It's not just, I don't think it's just the law of Moses. He says it's the law of liberty. The law that leads to liberty. Freedom. I think that this is basically equivalent with gospel. Looked at before. So the one who perseveres in obedience to the mature law, the law that leads to liberty, the text says, will be blessed in his doing. And to be honest with you, I struggle with this phrase most of the week. What does this mean, blessed in his doing? I go back to the original, trying to figure it out. And when I came to this text originally, I thought it, pro- I thought it was probably speaking of like some sort of eternal blessing that would come to us as followers of Jesus Christ. If we, if we not only hear the word, but we're doing it, that we would receive a blessing like James 1.12. That blessing there. See that up there, just a few verses. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Don't you love that verse? Yes, I think, I I was thinking, uh, it might be something like that, like an eternal crown, eternal blessing, if I just hold out against temptation. The more I study it, I don't think that he's talking about eternal blessing here, although he could. He's instead talking about earthly blessing. I think the ESV is a good translation. The blessing he's speaking of here is earthly blessing. He will be blessed in what he does. Or In the circumstances of his life, he will be blessed. As he's obeying, he will be blessed. I don't know why, but when I was reading through his text, I kept thinking of Psalm 1. And I think that what he's saying here is the one that obeys the word that comes from God. He will be like a tree planted by streams of living water that yields its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and who prospers in all that he does. This little phrase at the end, why should I seek to hear and do the word? Because you will be blessed in the doing of it. 
And so men and women, we must be text people at Colonial. People quick to hear God's word, his gospel, and obey it. Not only Bible studies, but commitment to deal with the blemishes the Lord reveals to us in his word, looking at the mirror. May we be doers of the word. Doers of the word that comes from God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for James 1. I thank you for giving us the strength to listen today. We, of course, cannot give you enough thanks for the the fact that of your own will, you begot us again through the word that is true, the gospel. And you made of us a kind of first fruits of your creatures. So, Father, help us now to receive the implanted word which is able to save our souls by hearing it and doing it. Lord, may Colonial Baptist Church not just be known as a church that loves the text, but as a church that loves the doing of the text. We pray for your glory, for your glory, not our own, for your name, for the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this area, through our church and the world. We pray that you would do this. I pray that we would not be content to hear the word proclaimed over and over again and to struggle with anger. Perhaps not to struggle, just to be an angry person. Or not engage those who are oppressed or helpless by visiting them in their affliction. May we apply the word as we hear it and have pure lives unstained from the world. We pray, Lord, again, you do this for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.